So, welcome to another episode of Tour Talk. We already have one or two in the can. This is going yeah. all right. It's very nice to be here. It is. Um, I wanted to start today um, by apologizing to you. Oh, God. Oh, good, good Christ. <laughs> because when I tell you what I did last night, I know you're going to be a little sad and a little envious. I already am just hearing you say it. <laughs> so to give this some context, I think it's fair to say that one of the things we really enjoy um, about being on tour, and is a privilege really, is the food that we get oh, to experience. Jesus, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> oh so, <laughs> food is very close to your heart, isn't it? I mean, your gut is close to your heart, so... I love it, and I, I'll be honest, as, you, as you're telling me this news, I'm in the middle of, like, the longest stretch of eating healthy and exercising that I've ever been a part of, so whatever the fuck you're going to tell me you ate right now <laughs> is going to just make me so miserable. So, just context, like, we luckily ate some of the best food around the world. Like, I've been to Chuscarias in Brazil, I've had steak in Argentina, like, poutine in Quebec, Tex-Mex, barbecue, all that kind of stuff. Like, we've... I know, look at your face. Hold on, I'm getting another call, I gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. I don't have time for this. So... I know that what you really enjoy about when you come over to the UK is classic British cuisine. I like, I do, I do like, <laughs> a, a lot of people make fun of it. I'm I'm a fan, I, I'll eat it. I mean, I am making fun of it because I had a curry last night. Oh, God. <laughs> was it lamb? It was, so I've recently moved back to Newcastle, why, you know this. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I need to, I need this for my day, I need to see the misery in your eyes. I will say this. In the last five years, England, the UK on a whole, has really had a transformation of quality food, right? So you, mm-hmm. when I first toured in the UK, I would say, oh, God, you know, the, the promoter wants to take us to a barbecue place. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to eat barbecue from the UK. It sucks. Yeah. Or, or there's a Mexican place or there's a pizza place. And then I'm in all, honest to God, in the last five years – the food, the culinary revolution in England—it's just—it's—it's exploded, and it's great. Curry's always been the no, the number one, and now now you're telling me about this delicious lamb curry that you had. And I want to kill myself. <laughs> I think it's important to give the UK a bit of credit because it really has. I mean, especially in Manchester where we spent a bunch of time. Oh. The food there is. Is I mean the fact that one of the best pizzas you've ever had in my life, and I've had pizza in in Florence, I've had pizza in Napoli, I've had pizza in Japan. Japan was actually probably the second best Neapolitan I've ever had in my life. It was better than Italy, and then Rudy's was one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my life. Shout out to Rudy's in Manchester, England. That place is amazing. Oh my! The best God. thing about when we went for pizza and Rudy's was that not only were you having the third best pizza of your life, but yeah. you were miserable because my pizza was better. So the theme of this is, is let's just think of things that make me miserable or times that I've been miserable. I don't understand. What are, what are we achieving here? What's, the, thought, what's the purpose there's a of this? Tie in. There is a tie-in. I just thought you would enjoy... Hearing I'm very happy for you that you had a. I'm very happy you had a delicious lamb curry in Newcastle. 
Um, well, you know that I've been searching for a good curry house in Newcastle. Like, it's different to Manchester. The food, right. the curries here. Right. I mean, Manchester what? has curry. For those listening who aren't in the UK, there is a, a, a stretch. Uh, a, there's a neighborhood, a stretch in um, Manchester called Curry Mile. It's not too far from the university, and it's no exaggeration. It's almost a mile-long strip of the best. Each curry place you go to is slightly different and better than the one next to it. It's, the, it's so crazy. Yeah. Explain to people what a curry is. When you say curry, explain to people kind of what it is so people have uh people might not know exactly what a when you're going for a curry, what is that? What is in the tip? <laughs> I'm just saying as in so, like what the so dish is or if someone is absolutely just r- dumb as a rock and they don't understand, you know what I mean? So to some people curry, saying a curry they just think a lot of Americans would just think of it as a spice. Like Americans don't say, I'm going for a curry, right? So you're oh, talking right, about okay. a meat or a vegetable um, marinated and soaked in this delicious sauce and Which put is, over basmati yeah. rice or, 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 or specific rice and served with yeah. like a naan bread. Correct. It's That's unbelievable. It. And it's the only thing <laughs> that makes you go from level 10 drunk to level seven, so each curry bowl you go down three notches of alcohol. I think that's a great. That's pretty that's good, right? Shout. So if you, yeah, if you it's have true, if, though. if you have three curries after you've been hammered, you'll feel you, bad, but you'll be less drunk. Yeah, you'll be full too. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah. of curry. Yeah, yeah. You, have you done three curries? Have you gone no, from a ten hammered to? I'm it? sure I've done. I've done a curry and a donner. And a half a pe- and a half a pizza in one sitting for sure. For That's sure. Disgusting. <laughs> and you wonder Listen, why you have butt problems on tour. Yeah, this has got I'm nothing say- to do with tour. I'm just saying when you when you go on tour, the I think that because there's so there's so much free time before the show, you just there's drinking involved. Fine. Okay. I feel like I've made my point. I'm quite happy. That I know that yeah, I've made I'm, your day. I'm miserable. Worse. Great. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> you. You're the best. At least when you come over here, I, I've got the right curry for you. I've done the research. I'm ready for it. I'm so fucking ready. And now it looks like the vaccine, <laughs> um, you know, the popular theory right now. And it's crazy. Uh, they announced yesterday that uh, a, a vaccine from Pfizer that ninety looks 90% accurate will be widely distributed around the world by the end of the spring, right? So we have to get through this winter. Yep. We have to get through the beginning of the spring. And it looks like in, in the summer of 2021, things might start to slowly shift back to a place where we're not miserable. Which is great because what, what you did really eloquently last time we spoke was kind of give an oversight into how you feel that people have dealt with lockdown um and this whole time period and how it's given people space to analyze whether the job they're doing because i think what really appealed to people who listened was that it applied across the board that people have had time for once because the world actually slowed down to analyze their choices with life where they were working why they were doing it and they could genuinely take a step back and be like is this what i want to do when stuff comes back um yeah actually applied not just to the touring industry, but it's a lot of people who've watched this Worldwide. have commented that, yeah. They, yeah, they understand that too. So one, th- a couple of things I wanted to get out of that, because I think it's worth going into a little more detail with it, is 
obviously the pace of your life will have changed, like me. Um, when the world starts opening up again and touring happens again, is there stuff from your new routine that you'll take forward into touring and will you do touring differently as a result of the time you've had off? I think that in a two-part answer, I'm going to tour harder than I... I'm going to perform in more places in the next five years than I've ever performed. I, I, mm -hmm. I will never take this for granted ever again. Not one show, not one opportunity that I have. Um, so... I'm going to work harder. I want it more than ever. Uh, that's, yeah. just a, that's just a fact. I want to connect with people more than I ever have. Um, I will take a... You know, the, the thing with setting a precedent is like in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on tour and just exercise and um, drink less and just be better. I'm not, probably. Mm. I mean, I mean okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in with that intention... But I think I do think ultimately, though, I will try to integrate a little bit more of a of a very, very, very small exercise and routine and probably just eating a little bit better because it's so the problem with tour really uh, health wise is that in. I guess in real life, you could say to yourself, if you're trying to live in a little bit of moderation, which I've tried to do over this period of time, I'll say to myself, all right, for this month, right, for these four weeks, I'm going to allow myself one night of drinking and pizza, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, election night, I got hammered and did Uber Eats to a McDonald's that is literally on my block. To, to give you Amazing. some insights, that's well the most though. American thing I could do. Um, but, uh, so the difference is, though, when you're home, you're kind of living in one area, and you know, like, oh, this place has great Thai food. This place has great pizza, whatever, but you, you know you're not going to go eat it every night because mm -hmm. you're home. It's just, it's just it's not financially reasonable or to stick to some kind of routine. It doesn't work. But on tour, every place you can go is known for this fucking thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like like you just named all these cities that you went to and <laughs> states that you went to, right? It's, it, this is just mm -hmm. in America, right? Each place is known for this ridiculous food, right? So you're in Maine, Portland, you get a lobster roll. Yeah. You're in Montreal, you're going to get poutine. And then it's fucked up because when you're in Canada, not only do they have Tim Hortons, which is to me is one of the best like coffee donut places, mm -hmm. but they have different – the poutine is kind of like worse as you go towards the West Coast, <laughs> but it's still good. So it's, it's just messed up, man. So, so at home, I, I think on tour going into it, I will start out with the intention of being a little more moderate. How long that lasts – I don't know. I think, I think the whole purpose of going on tour is to go and experience stuff. So, like, you can allow yourself that. For me, I was kind of more getting at the point that before this whole lockdown, like, my routine in life was not very good. Like, I would wake up and check emails, and then I would, like, lose a morning to work without, re like, looking after myself first. So during this whole period, I've really right. tried hard to have some time for myself in the morning because from my point of view on tour, like as a tour manager, as soon as you wake up, you're working. 
until 100%. you go to sleep because shit can happen. So I think for me, part of what I want to do is take that forward where I try and make time for myself during the day whilst I'm on tour. Um, because like mentally for me, it is put me in such a better place than where I was at before. And part of the burnout. 100%. Was, I think that, I, I think the difficult part about that is that it's about what your role is. Right. So like, mm-hmm. so, and it's the same thing for me in my routine on tour, just thinking about it. <clears throat> um, I would imagine if I'm going to try to do some of the things that I want to do for myself, there's going to be a sacrifice of time. I'm going to have to wake up a little bit earlier. I'm going to have to be prepared in different ways, you know, but I guess the difference is when you're tour managing. So like, let's say on, on, when on tour, when you're helping organize a tour, which I have no doubt will happen (laughs) as soon as this is open, I'm going to be like, Hey, dude, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Um, let's say you're on a bus and the bus pull, the bus is parked outside the venue, right? And you know everyone's going to wake up around 10, right? Yep. That's just the routine. Let's say 10 o'clock. That means if you want the day to yourself, you're going to have to be up at 8 o'clock and you're going to have to do these things that kind of suck in a way where you can also do your job and be productive for the people you're working with. And I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing on a different level where I'm not going to be able to stay up as late as I want and drink all night on tour if I want to do the best thing that I can do. And I'm going to have to carve out time for interviews and then my vocal warm-ups and then drinking plenty of water and then doing the Mm -hmm. things that I know because my job has to be being 100% focused on the show and nothing else. I shouldn't be thinking about per diems and where everyone's eating or where I'm going to poop or any of that stuff. So it's like, it's just about being responsible with your own time. And then I, and then I think, but that goes to being at home too. It's like, I have, I'm on a routine at home now where I'm waking up I'm not setting an alarm, but I'm waking up within the same hour, and it feels really good and natural. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a certain amount of tasks that I do, um, before I do anything else. And I think I will carry that to the road. Maybe not be as strict as saying, "Okay, well, before <laughs> I answer an email or before I do this, I have to do this." It'll just be like this thing has to get done within the six hours that I have in the day. Yeah. I think what the whole lockdown situation brought to a lot of people was it slowed the whole world down and it gave you a chance to figure out like that breathing space of what do you want to get done for yourself before yeah. the world. I mean, especially for me, because over here I work with a lot of people in the States, so I would wake up to emails that had come through the night and before I knew it, I'd, I'd lost my morning and have done nothing for myself. So like now I'm in a pretty good routine where I try and, put all of my stuff first and I just I don't need to do everything on my list but I'll take off a bunch of stuff and then I'm much more accepting and willing to then give my time to other people and help them work on things and and put stuff together and that is definitely a thing for me that I want to take back on tour right and it's difficult because bus call might be 3 a.m and then yeah we might get to a place and I have to be up at 7 30 8 o'clock to do stuff for myself so I might yeah. only get four or five hours sleep but mentally I'll be in a much better place instead of just feeling like 
my entire day is devoted to other people. 100%. I think that's true, but I also think I've I've learned a lot about it's just funny like society's expectations versus what's good for you, right? They're not mm-hmm. often aligned, right? So like no. I nothing puts me in a worse mood, period, than waking up with less than a, a full night's sleep to an alarm. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know I've that sounds I've I but I know that sounds I I know that sounds ridiculous. And then you ask someone why does it sound ridiculous? And then the only answers that people can give you are societal expectations of what makes you productive. That's mm-hmm. what makes me productive. Right? Yeah. So so I have managed to figure out a balance where, like, I'm writing more material than I've ever written in my life. I'm exercising. I feel good about things. I still have time for my personal life. And I'm also um, keeping those things in mind. Like, what makes me happy? I fucking don't want to set an alarm. I hate it. I hate it, and it makes me (laughs) ill. Like, thinking about it is putting me in a bad mood right now, thinking about it being, like, 7 a.m. and my alarm goes off. Now, on tour... I understand that that might be different, but yeah, I'm just talking about the things that while I'm home, that's what brings me pleasure. Well, no, and I think this is it. I think it's actually instead of giving people like a a script to follow, it's like people have actually been able to step back and say what actually makes me happy. Like I actually quite like getting up early and being right. away from everyone else and getting stuff done. But like I've learned that that makes me happy, and like I go to bed quite early now, which is totally different for me. But like. I'm in a much better place because of it. And I think like a link to that is during this whole period, I definitely had to ask myself those questions. Like, do I want to do the whole touring thing? And ask myself, why did I get involved like in the industry in the first place? And it was because the idea of like running around the world, being involved in shows with friends was like one of the best ways I could figure out how to spend my time. I just, when I was a kid, I was like, that will make me happy. And I lost sight of that for a little while because it becomes work and you try and climb a ladder and there's a whole ego thing involved and I got a little miserable with it. But I've been able to step back and think that the bit that makes me happy is running around with people I like. It doesn't really matter the the level, the size of the show. That's the key. It's literally That's the the key. That's the only thing that works. Yeah, just adventuring with friends that that was the whole purpose in the first place and the fact that shows are involved is great and that's the side of it that i love but it was that whole combined aspect of it so for me coming back to the industry i'm not gonna take everything i get off it i'm not gonna actively look for work with people i don't really know unless right it's like introduction through a friend or whatever but i just want to go and do stuff that i'm going to enjoy doing but i think what's cool yeah i i think what's cool about that and it's because and, and I noticed this in, in our my dynamic with you is that when we're doing stuff together, when we're working together, I mean we I mean and we do real work together. Yeah, I know, it's laughable. But but we're rooting for each other. That's the difference. Yeah. When you're working for someone, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if if you're in music and you're working for a band and you like you don't love the band's music, mm-hmm. 
you don't have to be best friends, but you really have to love what they do. Otherwise, you feel like what's the difference? You might as well work at, at at the post office or be a waiter or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? But but, or but why they're doing it? Like if they're doing it because it's from there and they're literally giving it everything, then I can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. Well. I just of course that. But, but we're saying the same thing. It's like yeah. if you if you. You got to be rooting for the people that you're working for. It doesn't 100%. feel good. It's like, you know, you got to think that that's why people get into medicine or science or, you know, because they're rooting for humanity. And I yeah, think yeah. it's very similar with, with what we do. It's like, you know, it, it, you could be, from my perspective, I've been on tour packages where you're like not super into what the headliner is doing. And, mm-hmm. it, and it feels like very routine. Very like, all right, load in, all right, show. Can't wait for the show to be done. That's mm-hmm. just a f- that just happens. But there's something really special about being out. You know, from my experience, the greatest privilege I've ever had is being friends with the guys in Clutch, and then getting to be a part of the tour package and seeing them perform every night. It's like it, it, it's a privilege, you know. And you and yeah. you you root for the whole. <clears throat> It's really hard to explain, and I, I don't mean to like ba- babble on about it, but it's like some tours you're on and you're just like part of the tour. Yep. Oh, man, my iPhone storage is full. Fuck. Hold on. And we're rolling. Um, Incredible. Okay, so 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 my what I was saying was that there's just something really special about being on – there's something special about being on a tour – where like okay, so a routine tour where you're like, you're happy to be there playing for new people, but you're not really into the band that's headlining. It's kind of like all right, sound check, show done. Like, how do we get to the next one? You're kind of like in a routine of a regular job. You're looking to the weekend. When's the next mm-hmm. off day? When's the day I'm not part of this so I can just chill? And then being a part of a tour where you're like you're rooting for the whole tour. You might even ask the tour manager, hey, how did the show do? Like, how many tickets did the show sell? Yeah, yeah. everyone's happy everything's good like can we do anything to make it better it's just it becomes this thing that's bigger than you and it's a it's a i I miss it so much yeah i mean for me it really is because what people don't really see is the amount of people that are involved in a tour it's crazy if there's three or four bands and they've got four or five crew members i mean like i was doing tours in the states where i think there was about 90 people involved in this tour from start and it's incredible Um, but if that group of people all bounce off each other, all get on, all help each other, it be, you are right. It becomes this thing that is much bigger than itself. And when you're part of that, it is such a great feeling, especially when you're rolling into town and this thing that you're bringing is giving everybody who's attending the night of their life. Like they're giving you, you, we're giving those people those three hours away from whatever their daily shit is. Um, and that's a great thing to be a part of. And it really does start from the ground up with the people who are involved at all levels throughout the band and the crew and like their intention of why they're on tour, why they're doing these shows and what what they're trying to bring to people. Like That's why I want to come back to it. That's what I'm yeah. looking forward to. And you see these little things happen. I'm sure you've been a part of this where like you're done, right? You're the opener and you're done for the night, but the headliner's merch guy still has stuff to carry out of the building. But you, everyone wants to hang out so bad that you're like, let me help you carry that stuff out. Yeah. 
and then it gets out faster, which means we can all hang out quicker. Yep. So, so that's like, I guess when people ask you the like why we do this, I think that's a big part of it. It's that feeling, that special feeling. Yeah. Without without sounding too romantic, that's what it is. No, but I think that those are the bits we romanticize about it, and just from where you left that point in the last conversation we had like that's where I kind of felt like I wanted to get to in terms of this is what I've learned during this period this is what I want to get out of it going forward um and yeah I'm really looking forward to getting back to it and the fact there is now a line in the sand apparently with this vaccine and we can possibly have some light at the end of the tunnel is yeah well listen I can tell you Americans do one thing, which is worship the dollar. And I can tell you right now, Zoom and Peloton stock dropped significantly yesterday. And (laughs) Live Live Nation stock went through the roof. Wow. And Bitcoin went up. So I'm telling you right now, (laughs) shit's going to open up. You know what I mean? I'm a a doctor, trust me. I know. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I think we've had a great chat. Um, Beautiful. It was always great to talk to you. Likewise. I just want to thank you for your time. I want to say thanks to Rob Anderton too for doing an amazing job at actually like piecing all of this together for us. Literally mind-blowing Rob. he's learned in like a week and a half or something. So We love Rob. We love him. Rob. I know we don't love Rob, which is very appreciative I do. of what he's I doing. really do. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You fr- you froze again, Jesus Christ! Your that fucking is connection is just god bollocks. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and on that Suck. note, let's uh, let's wrap it up. All right. This has been another episode of Tour Talk. Thank you very much, Nate Bergman. I will see you soon. Dario, I'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Tour Talk. As always, you can find us across the socials at Tour Talk Pod. That's Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon too. Peace!